coconut debris, machetes, game, natural oils, deep ocean swims, custom suits, this millionaire thing, villages by the sea, fresh fish, treetop combat, scapular strength, grip strength, and swooping mass girls. This is the world of Michael Porfirio, or we could call it the Porfirio Effect. It's funny, whenever I hear that name, Porfirio, I always think of the that uh, Mexican president from the early 1900s, uh, Porfirio Diaz. I don't know if uh, too many of you know who he is, but uh, he was not not a very good president. But for some reason, I always, I always, that image always comes to my mind whenever I hear that name. And this podcast is going to be basically a continuation of the one I did last week about um, the surrealistic world of Michael Porfirio or the G Manifesto, the outpouring of enthusiasm was so unanticipatedly strong that I thought that it would be worth doing a second installment, which I'm going to call the Porfirio Effect. The Porfirio Effect. And before I actually uh, set about doing this second podcast, I got permission first. I spoke to the G Manifesto. We sat down together at a a uh, small little village on the Amalfi Coast in Italy. Had a few drinks of uh, red vermouth, and I got clearance. Got clearance to do this, so that's why we're going to bring you this uh, this second podcast here about uh, about Michael Porfirio and his world. And I made the argument in the first podcast that. The best way to understand the G Manifesto's world is to see it through the lens of two things, the masculine experience and modern art, modern art. And I really meant it when I said that, because if you go through his Twitter account, you can see that there is a real enthusiasm, a real constant use of modern art themes to illustrate his motifs that I talked about. And... One of the things I'd really like you to do is, sometime when you get a chance, go through these five artists. And I've written these names down because these seem to be helpful in in interpreting his motifs. But these these, uh, five modern artists, uh, Yves Tanguy, the French artist, uh, that's a uh, first name is Y-V-E-S, last name T-A-N-G-U-Y. Yves Tanguy, Henri, Henri Rousseau. Henri Rousseau is a very well-known modern artist, and a lot of uh, he did a lot of these jungle, surrealistic jungle uh, motifs and and uh, themes, which play very well into the G-Man's Twitter account. And of course, Salvador Dali, Juan Miró, and Pablo Picasso. So Picasso, Miró, Dali, Rousseau, and Yves Tanguy. If you can take a look at those you will really help yourself understand the account and get a deeper appreciation of some of these art motifs. And the other thing that I talked about was the masculine experience. The masculine experience, and I've written about this, obviously, many, many times. But look at it this way. You know, I was thinking about the movie The Edge. You may have heard of it. You may have seen it. Uh, it's from the late 90s. I think it came out in 1997. Great David Mamet movie. 
starring uh, Alec Baldwin, Anthony Hopkins, a couple other actors. And uh, even Elle McPherson, I think, is in it. Or her sister, or... I, 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 yeah, I guess it is Elle McPherson, the model. Australian model. Anyway, there's a scene in there where Anthony Hopkins says something like, uh, Maasai boys in... Uh, in Africa, I think that's a tribe name, a tribal name in Kenya, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not not sure exactly, but Maasai boys in Africa would often, to test their courage, run up to a lion and see how close they could get. And he also mentions, I think, that American Indian boys would do the same thing with bears, and they would also climb up high in the tops of trees and and let themselves sway in the branches the branches as the wind would whip through the trees as a way of testing their fortitude, as a way of testing their strength, their courage, their, their endurance. And my point is that men have always had these rituals. And another example just came to mind. In some of the Polynesian islands for coming-of-age rituals, the elders of these villages by the sea would... would uh, get a canoe, throw a few coconuts in it, tell the young guys, here, go off to that island and come back in a few days and see how you can survive. And these coming-of-age rituals, these masculine proving rituals, were very important for men because guys need to be able to test themselves against the world, against each other, against fate. And it's not always clean. Sometimes it's messy. But that's what needs to be done. That's what men need to do. But in the West today, most men are boxed into these lives and culture where they're taught to be ashamed of these things. Men are constantly being denigrated, marginalized, and made to feel like their rituals don't matter, their identity doesn't matter, their traditions don't matter. And this is something that we have to fight against because this is a critical part of the masculine experience. And one of the few ways, one of the few ways that men can really go through their hunting rituals and and their proving themselves rituals, their testing their courage rituals, is frankly is, is going out at night is going out at night, going to clubs, doing things like that. And, you know, you can laugh at it. You can say it's ridiculous. You can say it's absurd. But there's a lot of truth to it. There's a lot of truth to it. And I think that's why a lot of young guys are attracted to the G-Man's account, because it speaks to that. It speaks to that. And even if you've even if you've passed the age where you really get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of doing that, it's fun just to see that sort of philosophy in action. It's fun just to talk about it because you can always be inspired by it and you can always learn something from it. So that's that's how I see it. That's how I see the Porfirio effect. It really ties into those traditional masculine rituals that we really need to be connected with and we really need to be a part of. And I think the modern art is a way of enhancing that message because men are visually stimulated 
Men are visually stimulated. I mean, they're stimulated in other ways too, of course, but there's something to be said for visual stimulation as a way of integrating that message. And that's something that I think we really need to, to talk about. All right, so let's, uh, let's put theory into practice here. What I want to do now is read a couple of the G-Man's old blog posts, <laughs> a couple of his old blog posts, and let's see what we can learn or what fun we can have with this here. This first one, this is from 2013, I think. Yeah, 2013, and it's called his Nightlife Preparation Routine. Nightlife Preparation Routine. And again, you know, try to see this in a way that is not readily apparent. Try to see it through the lens of masculine proving rituals. Masculine proving rituals. Don't look upon this as, oh, just this is just a guy getting ready to go out. Think think that this is this is equiv this is the Western man's equivalent to the Maasai boys in Africa approaching lions and seeing how close they can get, or the Polynesian boys uh, taking to the canoes and seeing how he can test his mettle and his courage against the waves. That's what this is part of. See it that way. This is what men live for. All right, this is called his nightlife preparation routine from 2013. I'm going to go ahead and read this now. And he says, People always ask me how I prepare for a night out. Well, it is a complicated step-by-step process now that I have to do every night before I go out. It takes a while, but you will feel 120% every time when you when your role and I don't mean beans either. <laughs> first things first, I have a good day. I go to the boxing gym or get a good workout on. <laughs> then, after getting some work done, I go for a good open <laughs> I go for a good open ocean swim. This helps clear the head no matter what you did the night before. Then I usually swim some underwater laps in the pool. I typically get a little sunset walk on as well to clear the mind. Or I get a second workout at my boxing gym. <laughs> when, when nighttime rolls around, this is what I do. One, take a little vampire nap. <laughs> this, this can be from anywhere to 10 minutes to an hour long, depending on my schedule and what I did the night before. Number two, I gulp a cup of green tea. This wakes me up from my nap and clears the gulliver. <laughs> Number three, I go through my stretch routine. I may post this sometime. This is kind of a new thing for me in the last four years, but is essential. You have to be loose and flexible on a night out. Also, bust out some ab exercises and maybe push-ups, depending on my workouts that week. <laughs> Number four, I put an ice pack on my eyes. This relieves the puffiness from the night before and feels really good. While I have on my ice pack, I, and number five, shadow box. <laughs> I, will, I will typically make my crib warmer for a little sweat flow. This gets you real loose. I will shadow box to some dope tracks. And then he lists some tracks here. I think the biggest one is James Brown, Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. From 1967. Number six, 
foam roll. <laughs> foam, foam rolling takes all the kinks and knots out of your body. It is pretty amazing. I actually looked at getting into the foam roll biz for a while, but I declined. I decided I didn't want to be, quote, the foam roll guy. <laughs> the foam roll guy. Number seven, apple cider vinegar. I bust out a shot of ACV with some water. Rinse out the mouth after. Number eight, shower. A good dose of aqua therapy never hurt anyone. Number nine, when I step out of the shower, <laughs> a, custom, a custom suit literally appears on my body. Let me, read, let me read that again. When I step out of the shower, a custom suit literally appears on my body. It's kind of strange. I usually, shadow, I usually shadow box for a little bit more just to feel the vibe. So he shadow boxes with the custom suit on. <laughs> Number 10. Pour myself a cocktail. Vodka soda with lime. Cleanest cocktail you can drink. And spark up a smoke. Now I am ready. You get tough like me and you don't get hurt. You look out for yourself and nothing can touch you. Let me repeat that again. You get tough like me and you don't get hurt. You look out for yourself and nothing can touch you. The rest is up to you. <laughs> and it's, it's signed Michael Porfirio Mason, a.k.a. the People's Champ, <laughs> AF, a.k.a. GFK Jr., A.K.A. the sly, the wicked, the, the sly, slick, and the wicked. A.K.A. the voodoo child. The guide to getting more out of life. What a great post that is. And you know, it's just so evocative. You can just, you can, you can visualize. And I want you to visualize every step of that routine. It's important. Visualize, visualize every step of that routine for a minute. And I'm going to put this on pause here and then come back in a second as you visualize that. All right, let's read one more of the G-Man's posts. You know, I know he's listening to this. I'm sure he's laughing his ass off. I'm sure he's getting a real kick out of this. A dramatic reading of his old posts. I bet he never thought that he'd see the day when someone would do something like this. But this one is called The Blueprint for a Perfect Thursday Night in Montreal. After four months in Montreal, I perfected a blueprint for a perfect Thursday night in Montreal. Here it is. Number one, go through some nightlife preparation. And I've just read the nightlife preparation uh, notes. Number two, hit up New City Gas. That's the name of a club, apparently. Hit up New City Gas. Like I said before, I am rarely impressed by nightlife, versus, by nightlife venues anymore. New City Gas impressed me. Make sure you get there early, which is something not exactly easy for me to do. This place is mad-packed with fly Montreal girls dressed up real fly. And, you know, I, I love the early 90s. <laughs> who, who uses fly anymore except somebody who's in their 40s? So you got to love that. got to love that. And he says, uh, spit some game at this spot and get a couple of girls to meet you at. Number three, L'Atelier d'Argentine. It's another club, apparently. Uh, this place is mad fly on Thursdays. Fly hostesses, fly girls inside, and dope Argentinian food. Early 90s, man. Early 90s all the way. 
That's what this guy is all about. Love it. Great memories. Brings, brings back great memories for me anyway. It says, how can you go wrong? The place also has two bars to sit, eat, post, and chop. Number four, Cavalli. It's a, apparently another club spelled C-A-V-A-L-L-I. He says, next hit up Cavalli. Thursday nights are their best nights. Number five, if you can't make it happen at any of these three spots, your problems don't end there. <laughs> but he says, no shame. I had nights where I bricked at all three. So, hey, you got to stay in the game. Got to get in close. Got to keep moving. And he says, my advice, if you still need to swoop, hit up the strip clubs. <laughs> hit up the strip clubs. Or a little street game. The rest is up to you. Signed, Michael Porfirio Mason, a.k.a. the People's Champ, a.k.a. GFK Jr., a.k.a. the Sly, the Slick, and the Wicked, a.k.a. the Voodoo Child, the guide to getting more out of life. And again, these are just slices of life. These are just little gems, little jewels suspended in the air of the imagination, which in our mind's eye we can draw on because, you know, time is precious. Time is precious, opportunities are precious, and a man's experiences are precious. Youth is precious. And you know, I found, you know that I'm a big, uh, big reader of literature, a big fan of literature, and I found a passage here from a, a novel, a very good novel that I quoted in my, my book 37, the motto of the book, in the, the first few pages, I put in a quote there from Joseph Conrad's book, Youth, a Narrative. Youth, a Narrative. And I mentioned the uh, the book, the the Joseph Conrad book in, in my book, 37. And I want to just read a quote here that kind of ties into some of these themes that we're talking about. And this is a quote here from Joseph Conrad's Youth, a Narrative. And Joseph Conrad was also a big writer about the sea, about the redemptive power of the ocean, about living by the sea, about nautical adventures, about proving oneself at sea. And he says, there's a scene, there's a, uh, the, last, the last few paragraphs of the novel. He says, ah, the good old time, the good old time, youth and the sea, glamour and the sea, the, the good strong sea, the salt bitter sea that could whisper to you and roar at you and knock your breath out of you. He drank again. By all that's wonderful, it is the sea, I believe, the sea itself, or is it youth alone? Who can tell? But you here, you all had something out of life. Money, love, whatever one gets on shore. And tell me, wasn't that the best time? That time when we were young at sea, young and had nothing, on the sea that gives nothing except hard knocks, and sometimes a chance to feel your strength, that only what you all regret. And we all nodded at him. The man of finance, the man of accounts, the man of law, we all nodded at him over the polished table that, like a still sheet of brown water, reflected our faces, lined, wrinkled, our faces marked by toil, by deceptions, by success, by love, our weary eyes looking still, looking always, looking anxiously for something out of life, that while it is expected is already gone, has passed unseen in a sigh, in a flash." together with the youth, with the strength, with the romance of illusions. 
And this is the conclusion of uh, Joseph Conrad's youth, a narrative. And I just thought of those words as I ponder the G manifestos posts and I kind of integrate them within my own consciousness, my own feelings. That's the, that's the same sentiment that I think we need to activate and actuate in our minds. Is that, uh, is that sublime sent- sentiment of masculine adventure. All right, what I'm going to do now is read some of the G-Man's recent tweets. And, you know, after my last podcast, I got emails from guys, and they said to me, they said, you know what, I I always liked that guy's Twitter account, but I could never quite understand why. I could never really quite verbalize why I liked that account. And, And hearing your podcast, you sort of put it in this whole perspective that really helped me to understand it. And I felt that was a real compliment, so I'm grateful that people got something out of it. And I know the G-Man liked it. So uh, let me read some more of his recent tweets here so we can just absorb some of the flavor of these themes that we're talking about. Absorb the flavor. Imbibe the spirit of the elixir, the elixir of life here. So let's go and look at the G-Man's Twitter account. Here's one here from just four hours ago. Talk the big numbers. Incredible shape and brutally handsome. (laughs) Heavy booze and heavy smoking. Custom suits, fiefdom. Swoop mass amounts of beautiful girls. Enlightenment, low profile. No one really talks about these things. That's just, 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 you know, just... uh, just uh, puts it out there. And you know what? This last thing that, that he, low profile, you know, that, you know, you can laugh at some of these things, but actually some of these things have real philosophical pedigree. You know, the philosopher, when you talk about low profile, the philosopher Descartes, René Descartes, Renatus Cartesius, he had a, a motto that he often uh, used in, uh, in some of his personal correspondence. And his uh, this uh, saying was uh, "Bene vixit qui bene latuit," "Bene vixit qui bene latuit," and this is a Latin phrase, and it means uh, he lives well who lives uh, out of sight, who lives silently, who lives in seclusion or lives hidden. He lives well who lives hidden. Not always true, but sometimes it is, and I think the point is uh, a point that's well taken. Here's another one here. Saltwater gargles are very beneficial for your throat health, gums, and to flush bacteria. Most guys just gargle <laughs> soy. Most guys just gargle soy in their mouths and gargle on dudes. <laughs> it's, it's diabolical what deep soy has done to the millennials. I just go in the ocean, the original saltwater gargle. And notice here, this ties into the gargling thing, ties into some of the... Uh, the uh, uh, apple cider vinegar thing he talked about in his uh, podcast uh, in his uh, uh, on his website from years ago. Whenever I ask myself the question, "When the fuck did this wee shit start happening?" the answer is always the same. After the smoking ban, most people do not even realize that this is always the answer to this question. <laughs> oh, this is a great one. You know, some of these great these uh, these these tube tube city photos here of surfing photos you got the tube you know just riding right looking right down the tube of the wave is just just very very nice here very nice very dali very dali 
I love waking up and surfing before the idiots of the world wake up. <laughs> Most would not be honest enough to admit something like this. Waking up and surfing, the original mood enhancer supplement. No one really talks about this. And then you have this moment there, suspended in time, with a wave suspended there, looking right through the tube. Weesh, dude, will you write an e-book explaining all the best real oils to use? Me, no. <laughs> most, <laughs> most guys have zero situational awareness. Most guys just walk around in a daze with their iPhones in one hand and a bag of soy in the other. Most times I see these guys, I bitch slap these guys to the ground. Then they cry, then they thank me, and that's it. Sort of a haiku-ish, haiku poem there that ends. And he's got a picture of a boxing, a nice boxing painting, a guy knocked out. Never trust a guy who got his first tattoo after the year 2000. He tries to play it safe. Will fold under pressure. Throw number in the trash. <laughs> That's great. It's just great. And you know, the boxing, the boxing thing is another big motif that he uses. Here we go. Here's a picture from Michelangelo, no less. A photo of Michelangelo. And then here's the, the tweet. It says, Probably only ten men on earth who drink as much fish oil as me, admit to as many things as me, throw as many cocktails at weesh famous DJs as me, grow as much turmeric as me, are as honest and humble as me, can booze and smoke as heavily as me. And with aliases, I am seven plus of those ten. And one more here, one more, one more for the road. I booze heavy, I smoke heavy, I box, I go in the ocean, I eat a ton of oysters, I throw rocks, glasses at weesh famous, world famous DJs, I work out heavy every day and night, and I feel fucking great. The original optimal performance supplement stack, no one fucking talks about this. And it's a guy, nightlife, straightening up his tie. Straightening up his tie. And that, my friends, is the Porfirio effect. That is the Porfirio effect. So put that effect into your life. Put that effect into your life. Make that effect work for you. Combine that, modern art, Joseph Conrad's youth and narrative, and the G-Man. And as he says, the rest is up to you. The rest is up to you. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night. <laughs>